1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10%
0: off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 230 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. It is an emergency podcast. Pretty big news. And Scott Coleman is here to join me uh, about, what, 24 hours after we talked last?
1: Yeah, yeah. I wish it was for uh, better, or happier circumstances. But uh, good to be on. Good to talk with you, Brad.
0: Yeah, I mean, our last show was after uh, a series win. We were a little bit more positive since then. Uh, baseball... Was rocked by a uh, a COVID outbreak from the Miami Marlins, which we'll touch on a little bit before we get out of here later on. And then uh, the big news on Monday night, uh, aside from the Braves getting absolutely walloped by the Rays in Tampa Bay, was that Mike Fulton who started the game on Monday and was bad, um, was DFA'd, uh, designated for assignment, uh, pretty quickly after the final out. On Monday evening, and uh, obviously this is his first start of the season, and that that is pretty jarring news. Um, Not that he wouldn't have been placed on the I.L. or something like that. He had some velocity issues. He just did not look crisp at all. Tonight, But uh, the fact that he was DFA'd is uh, pretty jarring to the point where even you know national outlets, national writers were taking pretty big notice of this. This became much more than a, just a brave story. Fulton Avich, is, uh, it, it was a surprise. So what, what was your reaction other than, uh, oh my goodness, that was kind of what my reaction was. Mm. I was just kind of jarred by it. But uh, did you have any other uh, fallout other than just being sho- uh, shocked as I was? Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, when I saw it come across, I thought I misread it, honestly. Um, you know, considering the current landscape of Major League Baseball and this shortened season, and and we, we've talked numerous times about the, I guess, growing concern around the Braves' rotation and, and all that, for them to make this move is dramatic. I mean, if it was any other year and, and it's just not working out in the back end of July, okay, maybe I get it. But for them to do it, not only – after one start but literally like five minutes after the game ended um it leads me to believe this was coming to a head for a while and tonight might have been the breaking point
0: yeah that is um you know that's the assumption a lot of, a lot of people are making we obviously don't know anything other than that he was dfa'd and uh, i did get to i did get a chance to watch brian snickers post game comments uh, his body language was pretty interesting he seemed uh, a bit different than he normally is and he said a couple different small quotes i'll pass along one of them about Folsomovich was that was quote it's just not happening right now. That was one of the quotes, and the other one was about his stuff just not being there. That was a direct quote as well. Um, which we can that's the stuff that we can actually see from the outside. With all of that said, and again his his velo, his velo was down tonight and in the exhibition, so that's a, that's a question mark for sure. Um, I would not have been surprised by an IL stint. I would not have been surprised by a you know maybe a demotion to try to get him worked out, maybe not start him or piggyback him, whatever else, I am obviously surprised by um, him being DFA. Just as a refresher here to anyone listening that may not know what that means, essentially he's no longer on the team. Uh, He's immediately removed from the Braves' 40-man roster, and within the next seven days, he can either be traded or waived by the Braves. Um, Trading him would be interesting right now in that, on one hand, he probably has some value around the league. Um, On the other, the Braves just uh, basically nuked their trade leverage on this move because he's not going to come back. All indications are he's not coming back to the Braves. So they could trade him for very little, obviously, or they could um, waive him, and if they do that, technically he could come back, but because he has more than three years of service, even if he got through waivers, which he probably wouldn't in my opinion, um, he could then reject an outright assignment by the Braves uh, and just claim free agency. So, yeah, I mean... Fulty's making some pretty decent money this year. It's $6.4 million, in, and that, that's his full salary before it was prorated. We're guessing the prorated number is like $2.3 million. Still, I think given his pedigree, I'm expecting him to be claimed. Uh, do you agree with that? I mean, it, he yeah. was pretty good at the end of last year. He was an all-star in 2018. I, I just think a guy at his age, at that price tag, in a middle of a season where, yes, there's, there's uncertainty, I just feel like he's going to probably get claimed unless there's something we don't know about.
1: Yeah, I think he would definitely get picked up by somebody. You look at some of the rotations around Major League Baseball right now. Again, he's 28 years old. And even if the stuff isn't what it used to be, you can't tell me that 29 other teams would completely pass on him. He does have another year of control if a team wants to take it on after this year. Um, you know, again, for with the DFA, you really do. You, you lower the trade value to essentially nothing because teams know you have to get rid of him within seven days. Um for them to make this move tonight is clear to me that, again, this is more than just a performance thing. To read between the lines, I don't want to speculate too much, but I'm, I want to speculate. Um, you don't make this move unless, I mean, this is not a hide him on the IL, um, shift him down to the minors. I know there's no minor leagues this year, but put him on the travel squad, see if he can get things worked out. Uh, clearly, there was something wasn't lining up here. I know the velocity's down a little bit, but to give up on a guy after really one if you want to call it two with the exhibition starts like this um, clearly there's something going on Um, it's also the first start if he's at 90 91 um, maybe there's something uh, mechanical that's wrong of course last year he had the elbow injury that sent him to the minor leagues for a while Um, he did come back better and the velocity was better once he he spent two months in the minors but again Uh, Just a real surprise because, as we said, by making this move, you have effectively – I mean, you've taken him off the roster. Um, There was no seeking out a trade quietly. There was no putting him on the IL for a week or two to see if he could get it right. This is uh, essentially an outright release, and then you just try to find a trade partner for him. So um, really just a surprise all the way around considering the the constraints the Braves have and and all teams have this year.
0: It does feel – Pretty rash, uh, and that—that uh, that I think is part of why a lot of people, both locally and nationally, I've seen on on Twitter, kind of speculating without saying anything specifically, just kind of wondering out loud if there was a, a clubhouse issue or something like that. Because you don't see a guy in this position DFA'd, uh, you know, ten minutes after he pitches. And I know I know how bad he was. He was terrible tonight. But that's not. It's his first start of the season. I know he was bad in the exhibition as well, but it's just not a normal circumstance. Um, And that leads to speculation, whether it's warranted or not. Maybe it, I mean, there's definitely a world in which this is just baseball. And Snicker was pretty Mm -hmm. candid about how they have a sense of urgency with the shortened season. And that is believable because yeah, every game matters, but at the same time, the Braves don't really have a ton of other options, which we'll talk about in a second. They're already down Cole Hamels. uh, Felix Hernandez opted out. Um, Even if you had zero confidence or close to zero confidence in Faltinavic helping you this year um it made it might have been worth it to put him on the IL and try it cuz you're already paying the guy um but it's it's interesting to me to be sure i mean i think everyone agrees on on that simple point is like this was not an expected outcome if he had pitched this poorly three or four starts in a row maybe i could have seen that coming but uh first start of the season this is the guy who pitched game 5 for you in the NLDS last year <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, hate, we we hated that decision. We hated the fact that Soroka only had one start, et cetera, et cetera. But this is a guy who pitched the biggest game of your season last year, and he's now cool. off your team one start, effectively one start later.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I mean, I think if they had some obvious candidates, but as we've seen, uh, he, I guess Josh Tomlin, uh, Julius Chassin, uh, maybe a Bryce Wilson, Tuki Toussaint, threw about 65 pitches tonight with not great results. I mean, again, it's not like they have this – lengthy list of guys as we've seen the starting pitching depth kind of dwindle over the last month, um, for them to make this move and, and to, uh, not even give him another shot th- again, it, it streams I wonder if he's healthy. I, I have to think that if his elbow might not be a hundred percent, um, because of the velocity dip and, and his breaking balls, his slider was so good a couple years ago and it really just has no bite on it. Uh, friend of the program, David Lee said in the first inning or two tonight, um, that clearly the the stuff was not going to work the second time through the order. And sure enough, that's when the Rays went to town and, and started launching homers on him. So um, I, I hope that Fulty can get healthy. Again, he's only 28. It's not like he's an old man by any means. But I think uh, a mixture of obviously the stuff isn't right. He's not right. And, and then again, the um, I, uh, we always hate to speculate too much what goes on in the clubhouse. But there has been a pretty long history of things that might rub people the wrong way.
0: Yeah, he's had some temper issues that are well-documented that he that he's admitted to. So that's, that's public knowledge, of course. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the options. You know, Shasin, Tomlin, Tukey. You have Tucker Davidson's gotten some uh, pretty good press in the early going here. Uh, you mentioned Bryce Wilson. Uh, the, the sexy pick would be Ian Anderson. That was the guy who I saw in our Talking Shop mentions people asking about. Um, I don't know how they feel about that. Regardless, there is no great option, especially when you remember that uh, Newcomb was not – Terrible, but he was not he's not great in his first start. And then you have Kyle Wright, who we like a lot, of course, but is not a proven major league pitcher right now. Uh essentially you have two guys you trust. And we, we mentioned this on the last podcast. Um I was already worried about, about the rotation even before this, uh, and worried about Fulty. And we talked about Fulty being one of the biggest swing guys on the roster. It obviously swung the absolute worst possible way here. Um so yeah, I don't know. This is a big loss, uh, both in that we didn't know what he, what, what what was going to happen with faulty this year, but now we know it's not going to be anything good for the Braves. And uh, I don't know. It the rotation looks like kind of a mess at the moment. <laughs> is it is yeah. it fixable? Sure, it is. But um, it's worth pointing out too. You know, people were asking about trades and if there's if there's anyone available that the Braves could sign. You know, the trade market. I would expect the trade market to be pretty quiet, especially this early. Especially now that the expanded playoffs are in play, so teams have reason to believe that they're going to make a run and not trade guys uh later on maybe the Braves could buy someone but in addition to the pandemic fallout and all that I can't imagine that Anthopolis is going to have uh too much success trying to go trade for somebody maybe he will maybe he'll pull something off here but uh, I'm looking internally if I'm the Braves right now because this is the most realistic option
1: I think you have to, at least for the next start or two or three. Um, it'll be interesting with this weird season where in, in a couple of weeks we're going to be approaching the trade deadline, as, as weird as that sounds. Um, you know you have no minor league baseball, so how yep. comfortable are teams going to be with their you – know, teams have their databases of, of most minor leaguers or at least minor leaguers who would be a potential trade, even if they've talked at some point in the last year or two, you know how how confident are other teams going to be in their evaluations that are a year or two old? In normal times, you just send a scout for a weekend and check a guy out. Um, that, that's obviously not going to happen this year. So it will be an interesting dynamic of how aggressive teams are with moving and, and how they feel about their evaluations of players who haven't played in a year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll ask you now. We don't know anything besides what we, what we just said. Snicker did mention that... He uh, talked about you know piggybacking, maybe using an opener um, and other options. Do you have a preference? Like how would you handle Fulty's rotation spot you know less than a week from now when it comes up again? Um, yeah. Would you just kind of piece it together, start by start right now because that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't think there's anybody on your team right now that you are expecting to go out there and throw six innings for you. I think no. you're hoping to maybe get three or four good ones out of one of these guys, and then do it and then piggyback with another. That'd be what I would do. But do you have a preference?
1: No, I don't think so. I would imagine you know if you want to give the ball first to Tomlin or Shasin, somebody who's done it for years, um, you probably trust them a little bit more than a Tukey Toussaint, who you know one batter he looks fantastic, and the next he's he can't find the plate. Um, I guess you could do a a piggyback where you just say, you know what, for the first seven or eight innings, we're going to have these guys pitch regardless, whether it's one to nothing or 12 to two. And we're going to go with that. I would assume that's their plan. Um, I I know the Rays have really kind of being the uh, orchestrators of the opener movement. They've really stuck that I think to be successful, you have to stick to your plan with that whenever you utilize it, or you're just going to kill your bullpen, uh, even more so in a year like this. So I would imagine it's Tomlin or Tracene and you see where you're at after another five days.
0: Yeah. I think the most, I don't know. This is weird because he just got to the Braves, but I would, I would probably guess the safest option might be just like just given track yeah. record. Um, the veteran aspect that you're, that you mentioned is something that sticker might want to lean on. He looked okay. And is, uh, in this, an extended relief the other night, uh, I think he pitched three and two thirds innings and was, not batted around. I think he didn't give up a run. He got hit a little bit, but nothing crazy. I don't know. One of those guys is what I'm going to guess happens and kind of what I think probably should happen. Just throw throw a veteran out there, try to get three or four innings out of that guy and piece it together. Um, Eventually, they're going to have to cut down the roster and you get into other questions. Ultimately, I think the Braves are hoping beyond hope that Kyle Wright is good. Uh, Obviously, he's already in the rotation, but if he's good, that gives you one less spot to worry about. But if Kyle Wright's not good... Now you have two spots <laughs> to worry yeah. about, so a lot suddenly <laughs> yeah. a lot of pressure on Kyle Wright uh, about 20 hours from now against the Rays. Uh, it'd be good if he pitched well. It's obviously not. It's it's about more than one start for a guy who's a top prospect, but uh, kind of tough, man. This is uh, no yeah. good answers at the moment.
1: No, you're reading my mind. I was about to say if, if there's ever a time for Kyle Wright or any of the young pitchers for that matter, but especially Wright because he is in the, in the rotation as you mentioned. Um, him stepping up would be a big deal. And again, this is such a weird year. You have the expanded playoffs and of course the health crisis and it's everything's with an asterisk this year. But again, if you're going to play the games, assuming the rest of the season gets played, uh, you want to win every night. And I think Wright has a real chance for a guy who's been kind of right on the cusp for a year or two now uh, to really cement himself as, as the pitcher people think he can be. And again, no pressure kid. There's basically two proven starters in the rotation right now. Um, go get him, But I think he has a golden opportunity in front of him and he he doesn't have to be an ace. He doesn't have to be great. But even I think at this point, the Braves are just looking for some kind of consistency and a guy who's going to throw strikes and, and not drive you crazy. Um, if he's able to be that guy and solidify the middle of the rotation, even a little bit, um, I think it'll go a long ways.
0: Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on Foltenevich uh, other than just the, uh, I, th- I think the shock and awe has been adequately conveyed yeah. by us in 15 minutes, but um, I do want to ask you about the Marlins mess and mm. the fallout from that, because, yeah. I mean, this right now, uh, obviously the Marlins were in Atlanta less than a week ago to play the Braves, and there was some attention on the Braves because of that. Um, I'm going to keep it broad for now and just, you know, just want to pass along that, you know, look, that we, we currently have in baseball a team that is uh, about half the team is affected in some way by a COVID outbreak. Um, there were two games canceled today, both the Marlins game and then a, a, the Yankees game was kind of, um, as a result of this directly because of, uh, clubhouse exchanges and all this stuff. And then the Marlins are, are also postponed for Tuesday. Um, which led to a lot of people, you know, asking or wondering out loud, including myself, like, could this be it for baseball this year? And obviously they're, they're plugging along. Rob Manfred gave kind of a maddening set of quotes today, which is on brand from Rob Manfred, Um, not really taking any kind of stance or responsibility and um, kind of just a blah sentiment. And obviously games happen tonight, including the Braves game. Um, Are you, I mean, where's your worry level at that baseball won't make it out of the week because I think they're going to keep trying to play, um, for better or worse. I think I might argue that it's not the greatest idea in the world. They seem to be focused on continuing to play, by all indications. But uh, kind of uh, the first major real scare, obviously the player. There's been some player stuff, Freddie Freeman being high on the list. But this is a this is a team that's you know not unplayable because they do have the player pool. But when you talk about ten, twelve guys who can't play. That's pretty uh, pretty much an outbreak to say the least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This kind of felt inevitable. And I think major league baseball is really at a breaking point right here because if they're able to kind of contain it to just one team and, and keep it as it is, I think everyone kind of expected that something like this was going to happen. If they can isolate it and prevent a wide, you know, wide out spread of it or a wide uh, spread of this, I think they're going to continue. Um, the news this morning was not good. That is for sure. Um, I I don't know. I think baseball has obviously been at the biggest, is it the biggest disadvantage because they have to play a full regular season and we're seeing some pretty solid results with, with the NBA and the NHL because they're in these bubbles, they're not traveling. They're going to be locked down. That's impossible to do for baseball. That was of course, one of their plans early on was the Arizona plan or the Arizona Florida plan where everybody would be playing in one central hub. That of course did not happen. Um, you can't prevent teams from traveling, and whenever you're traveling, you're, you're just uh, increasing the chances so much more of an outbreak. Uh, again, it's, it's an unfortunate situation all the way around. I hope as a fan and as somebody who uh, writes and covers baseball, I hope they're able to continue playing. But I think today was a very real uh, – after a, a successful week of – or a weekend of opening week – it was just kind of a slap in the face and a reminder of what's out there and just how difficult it's going to be for baseball to keep a good strong majority of the league healthy over the next couple months.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's well said. And I don't, I mean, we, we could go into a half, a half hour dissection of what the Marlins are dealing with and what the league's going to deal with. That'll be another, another time. Uh, this is an emergency podcast. We'll keep it short. It's pretty late here on a Monday for me, especially, but yeah, it, it's just a moment of reality to like, yeah, we all enjoy baseball the first three days and, uh, we're still focusing on baseball, um, for what we're doing here for the most part, but yeah, it could, all come, it could all come crumbling down. That's definitely in play. Uh, we'll see what happens from this point forward. It's Monday at about ten forty five. Things could change by tomorrow. I have no idea. Um, but the Braves are scheduled to play against yeah. the Rays again tomorrow. And they'll look to even the series after getting blasted tonight. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where we are for now. And uh, more important things than baseball, um, hopefully everybody's being safe uh, as much as they possibly can be. There, There is an element of risk here that's not ideal. Um, hopefully everybody's feeling all right with the Marlins, et cetera. But uh, baseball, if it continues to happen, we'll talk about it. And uh, any updates that we get in terms of the season or impact on the Braves, we will obviously pass along to you. Um, we try to react as fast as possible to this news. We are not a daily podcast usually, although we've kind of become that recently um, yeah. with some of these uh, things. But uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed this little pop-in. It's not you know, enjoyed is the wrong word. Um, appreciated this little pop-in uh-huh. of news on Mike fulton on a Monday. And uh, Scott, I hope we're not talking Tuesday night. I'll be honest. I,
1: I don't either, unless it's like really good, fun news. Like maybe they'll – no, um, I'm with you. <laughs> there, 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 is
0: the, there isn't really that kind of news that can happen other than maybe – I guess maybe a trade. That would be the only way that we would uh, podcast in positive fashion on Tuesday night would be if the Braves traded for someone good, which I can't imagine yeah. happening.
1: No, that would be that'd be a pretty quick turnaround. But again, yeah, hope everyone's doing okay, staying healthy. Hopefully we're able to continue talking about baseball again. I think today was – uh, out, outside of the Braves game and the fulton Evitch news was kind of an awakening for uh, the real challenges and obstacles even after uh, games were played this weekend. So hopefully things are able to calm down a little bit and we get baseball to keep talking about for the next couple months.
0: Yeah, well said. All right, well, uh, we'll get out of here. One of the shorter podcasts, of Talking Chop History, but uh, as, as, as mentioned before, we had a one one-and-a-half topic podcast, and here we are. Please follow Scott on Twitter, Follow me if you would like to. Follow the site. Follow all the written work. Well, there'll be plenty, I'm sure, on Tuesday morning and beyond about Fawlty and the fallout. And uh, subscribe, tell your friends, and we'll see you guys next time.